Scrooge versus A Divas Christmas Carol versus Barbie in a Christmas Carol versus a Nashville Christmas Carol. Something with a twinkle and a glow To remember the lights of long ago Hello everyone, happy holidays and welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu The festive podcast that answers the question (laughs) Didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionado elves (laughs) I am the spirit of John here to tell my co-host Shady that she's awesome and happy holidays. Oh my gosh, thank you. I didn't realize that our friendship was a Hallmark movie. I mean, always and forever it is. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're here to talk about (laughs) four movies, count that, four, that do a different take on Charles Dickens. Do we want to call it a classic tale or is that like... I mean, it is literally the most frequently adapted story in the English language. <laughs> so, like, it feels like that's underselling it to call it a classic. But, like, is it the, is it worn out calling it a classic tale at this point? Like, everyone calls it a classic tale? Yeah, it's almost like part of the title now. <laughs> the classic tale of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> uh no let's just call it that <laughs> the classic tale of a christmas carol okay yeah <laughs> Whee! while doing this f- figuring out this episode we knew we wanted to do a holiday centered one because tis the season mm-hmm. and we were looking at four movies that <laughs> <laughs> that like tweak his story yeah. in a way we know there's more there are oh. millions of them. If we did every single A Christmas Carol with a twist type of movies, we would we'd be talking for 12 days. We would be talking a for Christmas? the 12 days of Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh we decided, you know, give you a give you a mix. Most of these are <laughs> well, two of these are TV movies. One of yeah. them is a straight to DVD release and the other one is a feature. So that's uh-huh. a good mix. Shady, why don't you introduce the first movie that we're doing? All right. Our first movie we're discussing today is Scrooged, which was released in 1988. Good year. Very good year. It was written by Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donohue, based on the novel by Charles Dickens and directed oh. by Richard Donner. And according to IMDb, It is about a selfish, cynical television executive who is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. We're going to have some words about that, but... (laughs) We sure are. uh, And then we're also doing A Diva's Christmas Carol, which came out in 2000. It is written and directed by... Oh, crap. Why did I get this one? Richard Shankman? Shankman? Yes. Yes. Sure. Um... (laughs) And according to IMDb, in this remake of Charles Dickens' classic Christmas Carol, a cold-hearted superstar singer gets a reality check when she meets three Christmas spirits who would change her miserly ways for the better. Oh my God. 
that forever. <laughs> and then we also watched Barbie and a Christmas Carol. <laughs> Katie, you're the one that suggested this one. Well, you found this one on accident, right? Okay, I found it by accident. And then we were both like, so we're talking about it, right? <laughs> we have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> it came out in 2008. It's written by Elise Allen, obviously based on the story by Charles Dickens, but also based on Barbie characters created by Ruth Handler. Ooh. Ooh. It's directed by William Lau? Lou. Lau. I think Lau. Lau? Okay. Yeah. Let's go with it. We Uh, never get anyone's name right, so. (laughs) Nope. And no one has corrected me yet, so. (laughs) And according to IMDb, Barbie stars in her first holiday movie in this heartwarming adaptation of classic Dickens story filled with Cheshire Christmas carols, fabulous fashions, and lots of laughs. (laughs) Wait, is this the first? I could have sworn they did Barbie and a Nutcracker before they did this. They did, but I don't, the Nutcracker isn't specifically holiday. Does it not take place on Christmas Eve? It does take place on Christmas Eve, but that's not really like the whole idea of it okay it's not like about the spirit of christmas it's not about the spirit of christmas it's a okay uh, it's been a while since i've seen the nutcracker like the ballet yeah i've never seen the actual ballet she goes into a fantasy world that's all i know (laughs) i mean it's one of those isn't it one of those where like most of it is just introducing a new character having them do their dance and then they leave never to be seen again it's similar to cats yeah yeah (laughs) great thank you for understanding where I was going with that you're welcome (laughs) and then our fourth and final movie is 2020's a Nashville Christmas Carol yes we're doing another one from this year (laughs) which was written by Eric Brooks obviously based off of the novel by Charles Dickens and directed by Don Wilkinson and according to IMDb The summary is a workaholic television producer receives a visit from her recently deceased mentor who warns her that her current path leads to a dark future, (laughs) which boy, howdy. No. (laughs) Um, It is also, it should also be noted that a Nashville Christmas Carol is a Hallmark movie. Mm -hmm. Whereas a Divas Christmas Carol is a VH1 movie. Yeah. 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 Yes. And oh man, is oh, an actual Christmas Carol a Hallmark? I was really excited for this because I was like, oh cool, it's going to be a Hallmark movie with like a different kind of character and no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. It's no, like no. it's like it's just a Hallmark movie with allusions to a Christmas Carol. Well, okay, so <laughs> listener, you you probably don't know this because we haven't really told you this. Um Shady and I have a love-hate relationship with Hallmark movies. Is that Yeah. T- yeah um listen they they have their appeal it is an extremely stupid appeal deck the halls with boughs of holly la 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 tis the season to be jolly la 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 do you want to kick us off well <laughs> i was gonna say um in preparation for this episode usually you know i 
go insane. I write down a bunch of like plot points that are the same, but like it's a Christmas carol. Yeah. If you don't know what a Christmas carol is, yeah. Um, usually <laughs> a bitter, jaded, older person is mm-hmm. visited by spirits in the course of a night, usually, to help fix their problems and make them see that like stop and smell the roses life is more important than your money blah 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 and I will say there are I mean there are so many versions of this movie that are modernized and I have thoughts about a lot of them kind of miss one of the main themes in the original Dickens story but I think one of these movies actually is the closest to getting it right which one do you think is the closest uh, a Divas Christmas Carol. Yes. <laughs> because it's yes. the only one yes. <laughs> in in uh, Scrooge and Barbie in a Christmas Carol, we get the idea that the Scrooge character is very greedy and a workaholic, but we don't get that that person is also incredibly cheap. And that is mm. a really key thing to Ebenezer Scrooge and Ebony, Vanessa Williams' character in A Divas Christmas Carol. She's the only one who is like outright like, no, I am pinching every single penny I can despite all the money that I have. Granted, she's also getting her money stolen from her. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, would you argue (laughs) (laughs) that all of these movies are set in the modern day in some way, shape or form? Yes. With the big asterisk next to, next to that, which is that uh, Barbie in a Christmas Carol, it's the framing story that is set in the modern day. That's the main what, story. That's why I Dickens. added the in some way, shape, or form at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you covered it. <laughs> so um, I found one, two, three, four, five, six. I found seven characters from Dickens's original tale that mm-hmm. are in all, most, if not all of these movies. Yeah. We're probably going to quibble. We'll have, we'll have comments about the same one, I'm guessing, of these four movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's weird because it seems like some of them, Dickens' character was, like, a couple characters were put into one. Yeah. In some of these adaptations. But I tried to, like... Yeah. For example, in Barbie... the the character Catherine um is both the bob cratchit and the fred yeah i felt felt like yeah no absolutely and 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 in a way her family i guess would be like the fezziwick characters well okay so these are the characters that i found okay obviously ebenezer scrooge right bob cratchit tiny tim cratchit Fred, Belle, Fan, and Jacob Marley. I'm not okay, yeah. the spirits because that's too easy. Uh, and the spirits are the spirits. <laughs> they, right. they keep well, the name. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. In Scrooge and Diva's Christmas Carol, they're called ghosts. And in Barbie in Nashville, they're called spirits. Which yeah. I found a little interesting because the Barbie in Nashville, clearly their audiences don't want to be thinking of like these were once dead people (laughs) right yeah they're using spirits as a much softer 
connotation than ghost. Right. Um, but, but it's still interesting that, like, I'm guessing in a lot of the Barbie movies, except for, like, you know, when the villain is defeated, they don't really acknowledge death too much because these movies are clearly made for an audience that is not yet in preschool. <laughs> or they like, they, preschool. <laughs> right. But, like, there is clearly one, at least one of the spirits is somebody who was once alive and is now dead. And that's interesting to me. When you think Just about because it. Yeah, it's just like, oh no, we're 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 very much not like sugarcoating the fact that people die in this movie for two year olds. So the Scrooge character in all of these, mm-hmm. you have Frank Cross and Scrooged, you mm-hmm. have Ebony Scrooge <laughs> in Diva's Christmas Carol. <laughs> which okay, Diva's Christmas Carol, right off the bat, I'm gonna say it, they didn't hide the fact that they were adapting this movie no 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 no. Uh, all of the characters names are the same or like a tweaked version a a modernized tweaked version of the original character's name you have yeah yeah you have uh, her former partner who's now dead is marley jacob instead of jacob marley but like you still have bob cratch his name was cratchit oh it was cratchit yeah oh okay spelled differently but it's the same yeah um in Barbie, it's not Barbie because Barbie is never evil. <laughs> the, the Ebenezer Scrooge character is Eden Starling. And then in Nashville Christmas Carol, it's Vivian Wake. Vivian Wake. Vivian Wake. Um, so I do think it's interesting again that the Barbie movie obviously changes the characters' names, but they kept the initials. They did. Yeah. So like they were still doing and it feels like well with them Aunt Marie it was the Jacob Marley character so Yeah. Uh, they kind of kept the M the yeah. M A R the, yeah. the bar sound but like they changed it and then same goes with the tiny Tim character where it's Tammy and the orphans. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, even, like, Catherine is Cratchit, so, like, she right. still keeps the C. And she there's, have... a, there's also a Fred character, but, like, that's not the we'll C get to Fred. Him. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to him. <laughs> or not, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> then we have okay. the Cratchit character. And then we have the Cratchit character, which is um, Grace Cooley. What's her Alfre Wardard. Alfre Woodard, yeah. which welcome, welcome to the podcast, Alfre Woodard. <laughs> I'm so happy. I know. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Uh, we talked about divas and Barbie, and then in Nashville, I called the Bob Cratchit character Georgia, her sister. Yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of Georgia's kind of a lot of characters. So yeah, Georgia is the Bob Cratchit, and then she plays this uh, the fan character which in charles dickens's tale that's ebenezer's sister who dies in childbirth yeah and then obviously all four of these movies have a marley jacob marley character Mm -hmm. uh lou hayward marley jacob surprise aunt marie (laughs) and marilyn jinway which again they kept the initials reverted it yeah inverted it inverted it And, like, Marilyn sounds like Marley. Like, it's clearly derived from Marley. 
But that's the only character in that movie who has a name that's similar to the book counterpart. Yes. Which is uh, I'm very surprised. Yeah. But, but then also played by the one and only Winona Judd. Oh, Winona Judd. <laughs> uh, but then the other, so the other four characters that I listed, they appear in at least two of the movies. Okay. So for fan, the sister, like I said, Georgia in Nashville, but then Ronnie in Diva Christmas Carol, who is um, her Ebony other brother. Yeah. Who dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, leaves behind a, a niece. A niece. Ebony. And that's a good segue well, into Fred, the Fred yeah. character, which is okay. Okay. Go with me on this one. Okay. I said Fred was uh, the Frank's brother, James, in Scrooged. I would say two characters represent Fred. Um, to some degree, it's his brother, but also combined with another character we're going to talk about later, Claire has a lot of Fred in her. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, she's clearly more the Belle character, right. but the fact that she's still involved in Frank in Frank's life and still cares about his well-being is very different from Belle and kind of, like, sort of had this lifeline back to his humanity in the same way that Fred does for Ebenezer Scrooge in the original story. See, the only reason why I did, like, that hard derision de- between the two... The reason why I did the hard decision between the two... <laughs> Is because um, James is the one that has the party that yeah the present that they play the game right no the the present stuff he's clearly more the Fred but even like in the future sequence they kind of divide Fred into both of those characters where Fred in the original story is the one who talks about how oh I used to care about people but then my uncle told me I didn't have to and that just turned me into this horrible bitter person as well which happens with Claire. See, now, I didn't pick up on that because I don't know. I haven't. (laughs) I'm going to admit something to you and you can judge me all you want. I've never actually read the book. Oh, I only read it because it was assigned reading, like, back in middle school. But like, (laughs) There's no no reason to read it. There are so many adaptations. In a lot of the adaptations I've seen of it, though, Fred is still nice in a way. Not, yeah. Not in in the story, he's a lot colder and he's a lot more like, oh, I just don't care about people anymore. I'm turning into the same miser that my uncle was. But Diva's Christmas Carol, you're still going to stand by that Diva's Christmas Carol is the one that stuck true to the source material. In some ways. In some ways, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So back to Fred, the Fred character. Uh, in Diva's Christmas Carol, it's Olivia. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, it's with Catherine and Barbie. And then Nashville doesn't have one. Uh-huh. Oh, we will get to Nashville. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. That that twist. That twist. Which when she one? was waiting When she was waiting for the ghost of, for the oh, spirit yeah. of Christmas future. And they were like, yeah, you don't yep. need it. You're already a good person. Okay, great, great. This is exactly what everybody wanted out of A Christmas Carol. That's what they liked about it, is that the Scrooge character was already a good person. Uh, All right, so let's talk about Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. 
Obviously, three of them have it. Yeah. Nashville doesn't have it. Um, Nashville like has vague allusions to children who need toys donated to them, but you don't but see them. No, They're like, not characters. I mean, I guess you can call that quartet of caroling children. In, yeah, I guess they were inspiring children. <laughs> but there's no real character. Yeah, because in Scrooge you have a Tim that is He's um, mute. He's mute. And in Diva's Christmas Carol, you have, a, well, Scrooge, the character's name is Calvin. In Diva's Christmas Carol, it's Tim. <laughs> yep. Tim Cratchit, <laughs> who, who has, has a mysterious illness. Yeah. I'm guessing it's supposed to be cancer. But, like, is it, like, Which, overall cancer, or is it very specific cancer? To be it, fair, yeah. this is another way that it's similar to the original Dickens story, because they never say what's actually wrong with Tiny Tim. It's assumed polio or tuberculosis, because he uses a crutch, right. but it's not It's not said what his actual illness is, like, what the actual disease that's killing him is. Oh, I'm going to hell for laughing at that. <laughs> And then, like I said, in Barbie, it's Tammy and the Orphans, which um, I know in episode two, you created your own uh, band to go with Josie and the Pussycats and... Tammy and the Orphans? (laughs) I'm going to put up in the pantheon. (laughs) Wait, can we draw... If we're pretending for a minute, just for the sake of argument, that in a Nashville Christmas carol, the Tiny Tim is the caroling children who may or may not be orphans i don't know that's a similarity specific between that one and barbie because the orphans do have like a caroling group oh, it's in true. barbie it's true i couldn't find a sim well besides this them being called spirits i couldn't really find a similarity between nashville and barbie yeah well there you go there you go she uh, is inspired by watching young children sing but then, last character, Promise, there's Belle, mm-hmm. um, which really is only in two ca- movies, I'm going to argue. Okay. And I know I know Bob Cratchit in Divas, um, like, they had a relation, they had a fling going, but, like, yeah. I feel like he fits more the Bob Cratchit character yeah. type than the Belle. I will say that there is a similarity there because they never end up back together. She has completely squandered all hope of that relationship rekindling, which is also the case with Scrooge and Belle that there's she Belle is married and um, he's never going to be able to marry her. He's never going to be able to fix the mistake he made in letting her go. But obviously in the Hallmark movie, (laughs) we write that. (laughs) <laughs> and, and Vivian and Gavin get together at the end. Too many V's in one couple. Oh my god. Actually, wait. I have another similarity between yeah. Barbie and Nashville. The similarity is that Ebenezer has uh, a relationship from childhood with a bunch of other character types. Yeah. So like, Yeah, the closest we get in the other movies is like outside of somebody who's straight up related to them. Diva's Christmas Carol, she was friends with uh, Marley and um, Terry, Mm -hmm. but we don't see that as children. We don't see flashbacks of them as children doing that. We only see flashbacks of Marley and Terry when they're actually working together. Right. 
And then in Scrooge, we talked about it. Belle is Claire. Which the big twist being that he obviously still gets back together with Claire in the end. where Which happens Scrooge... in Nashville as well. Hooray! Yeah. Oh, God. But... So, dear listener, we're sorry. This episode is going to be like a lot of braiding, if you will. We're just going <laughs> to be swinging back and forth from different things. Because these <clears throat> movies have a lot of similarities. There's still differences, too. But, like... Right. I, and and there's things. Yeah. And so many of the similarities are because they're adapted from the same source, but like I guess the big one that's similar th- with all four of them that is totally not from the source at all is that the Scrooge character works in show business. Oh. Yes. And in I, two cases the Scrooge character works in television and in two cases the Scrooge character is a singer. Oh my god. Oh my god which Scrooge was just like, he was like a landlord and did financing in the original story. Banker? I don't think he was a banker. He, he like, he did loans and stuff um, at a time when banks didn't really, at a time when banks were run very differently. So I don't really know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But you know what I want to talk about? Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the Fezziwig annual Christmas ball. Let's talk about Fezziwig. (laughs) And what? Enter music here. (laughs) (laughs) All four movies have a Fezziwig style party, which is in the past, uh, before the Ebenezer character is soups jaded. Am I right? Am I right in saying that? Like this? Yeah. Like, no, because the, the point is that Scrooge was once idealistic and had strong values, and he was ruined over time. So yeah, he's, he's in, still bright and innocent at this point. In some cases, mainly. Okay. So, um, fun fact about me and my life. Let me get a little personal right now. Uh, years ago. Madison Square Garden here in New York used to put on a production, a musical production of A Christmas Carol. Music by Alan Menken, who everyone should know his name by now. Legend. Um, And every year they always did like stunt casting where one year um, Didi Khan played past um, Mm. uh, I think we saw uh, Kelsey Grammer play Scrooge. Scrooge, okay. sorry. That's good though. But then Hallmark years later did a movie version of it, uh, which was just like you can trip over all the names that are in it. <laughs> but in that version, and I think in maybe a, a play a play version I've seen in the past, during the Fezziwig party. Or Fezziwig sequence, I should say. You start mm-hmm. with him being ideal, with Scrooge being idealistic, and then throughout the party, it transitions into him being the miserly character that we see at the beginning of the of the sh- show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what it's like in the story. I mean, they compressed it. Um, it sounds Obviously. like they compressed it uh, just because. In the story, Hi. it's like lots of short scenes that take place over different years to show his like evolution. And you're not going to have like a big set change 
just for like 30 seconds and then another big set change for another 30 seconds because they all take place at different places so in the in the book it's more of a a montage i guess yeah and that's kind of what they do surrounding the fezziwig party which obviously in the musical version it's song and dance and all that merriment Mm-hmm. And then it goes to, it gets very serious at the end where he starts like being greedy and hoarding more. Yeah. Like he hoards a little bit, but he's not as closed off as he is. The thing is that I think a lot of adaptations miss, but some of them get really right, is that Charles Dickens did not intend for all of Scrooge's issues to be personal issues he was supposed to represent larger societal issues. Um, So it's not that it's so much that his character is defected, but that society is defected and has warped him because of that. We kind of lose sight of it because values have changed over time since Dickens published this uh, originally. But the idea, you know, the famous line in the beginning is Scrooge says that the poor should be forced into prisons or workhouses if they want want housing. And that's Um, what present spits back at him at the right. end of his time. Right. But the thing is that that was a very popular sentiment at the time that Dickens wrote that. So he was, it wasn't, he was writing Scrooge as an indictment of a certain kind of person. He was writing Scrooge as an indictment of society. Um, and I think part of the problem with making Scroo- the Scrooge character too obviously selfish and mean is that well, now it's just because Scrooge is a bad person. That's why he needs to change. It's not about how society needs to change. Which, um, which I guess but, over time, that's what the bastardization is of it. Yeah. And again, because, you know, we're, values have changed a little bit. Although there are still some people who think that poor people should just be forced to work um, in poor conditions. Like that's sort of the purpose of having that sort of montage or as you described in the musical, this like, slow evolution of him as like the bright young innocent guy into somebody who is cruel and cold because it's society that made him that way it's not any defect of his own i know (laughs) and that's like another thing that people miss is that jacob marley uh is not supposed to be that terrible but that he didn't do anything to fix society and that's why he's being punished in the afterlife he wasn't necessarily a horrible person, but he didn't do anything to help people who were in bad positions. So is that like the one right thing that, well, the one thing that Nashville Christmas Carol got right? No, <laughs> because Nashville Christmas Carol is just pretending that there are no issues in the world. <laughs> but I mean, like with, the Mar- with the Marley character, because when you see Winona Judd looking fabulous, of course. Oh my God. She looks, she did not give a shit about this movie, which is so funny. You can tell. But she looks amazing. None of them did. (laughs) (laughs) They were all just like, I'm saying these lines for a paycheck, darling. Except for um, Present. She was obviously the one that... Oh, well, Kimberly Williams Paisley is also probably the one person who has the best acting pedigree in that movie. (laughs) And it's like, it's almost insulting that she was in, in it. But yeah, so, yeah, because the Marilyn character isn't described as being a bad person just that she was too focused on workaholic yeah yeah well because you know in the other three movies you see the the marley character either decaying (gasps) yeah like in scrooge 
or literally in chains, which is yeah, it's played differently played in differently. both of those movies. But like, <laughs> but yeah, that is popular he is, Yeah, that's Jacob Marley is supposed to be covered in the chains of uh, the weight that he put on people by forcing them to pay unfair loans and things like that. But you're saying in the original story, that's not how he's depicted, or no, he is depicted like that. It's just, it's just that they say in the story that he wasn't necessarily a bad man, like a, a terrible man. It's just that he was a better businessman than he was a person. And uh... business and is a very, if we're like really talking real talk about A Christmas Carol, it's extremely anti-capitalist. Um, it's extremely pro-socialist. Um, but it's that he, everything he worked for was to put a strain on other people. Um, is there anything from all four movies besides it being the same, <laughs> <laughs> like specific similarities that you found? Um, again, this just goes back to a Christmas, what's in the original Christmas Carol, but the ghost of Christmas or the spirit of Christmas present, whichever movie we're in is a very jovial figure. Yeah. Like, that's kind of probably the the most fun character in all of these movies yeah well, well, wait, are you saying present well, or past present because past mm, past they seem to be having fun with it especially in scrooged right no they're, they're having fun with it but i mean like like actually happy like the, oh. the <laughs> most jovial character okay well, there, this is one thing that I want to talk about. Since we're talking about spirits, two of the movies depicted Christmas future or yet to come, however you want to word it, mm-hmm. very differently than what is either... It, I, I'm going to be ballsing and say what's in the source material or what's yeah. normally depicted as like the Grim Reaper type yeah. character. No, that's that's what it is in the in it, if I mean it's been years since I read it, but I'm very certain it was like basically the Green, Grim Reaper. <laughs> but I love how they did it in Divas Christmas Carol because it. Oh my god, sense. I do too. It was it was funny. It was a creative way to do it. Yes, and it and tied the, into stuff that we'd seen earlier in the movie, and it brings you back to nostalgic 2000s VH1 with behind the music. Oh my god, yeah. And it's such a good, good way to show the people being gossipy without, like, actually bringing you to different scenes. Right. But then in Barbie, they go off the rails (laughs) and the spirit can talk. Yeah. What? Because they need to sell a doll, John. I know they need to sell a doll, but, like, what? (laughs) <laughs> but can I just say though, the Barbie in a Christmas Carol is wild. I know. It is wild because not only do you, well, okay, not only is it the only animated one that we have that we're talking about today, mm-hmm. but you have the spirit, you have the spirit of yet to come talking. Obviously, yeah. they're pushing doll sales, and like the Barbie that you see in it is the holiday barbie from 2008 fun fact hooray oh oh does she wear that like gorgeous white gown yes okay i kind of want it (laughs) i have i have a picture of it well i'm gonna put it on the insta 
Maybe I'll also put it on the. I'll take over the Twitter for the day and put it on there. In this movie, <laughs> Eden Starling, who plays Ebenezer Scrooge, is like a worse character than the one that's in Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was watching Hallmark and I was just like, she's too nice. Well, and then it turns out that that's the lesson she needed to learn was have confidence because you're great. Instead of you need to change your life, which is why I can't stand that that was the IMDb summary, which is that they're saving her from a dark future. They don't show her a future. And like the dark thing that's happening is that, oh, maybe she doesn't marry Gavin. And also she moves to LA instead of living in Nashville forever. Is that the dark future? Is LA the dark future? I mean, I guess so. Yeah, because she's leaving her family and she's going to LA. Her dad's not even there for Christmas. <laughs> like, her sister can follow her to LA. She doesn't have a job to stay. She's got that one guy, but they can both move to LA with her. Like, there's nothing keeping Georgia and what's his name in Nashville. If they, if they want to work in television production, they can move to LA. <laughs> Or stay in Nashville. Like, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Go go to Nashville for Christmas every year. Um, I don't know. This movie, that, like, twist when they were like, there is no ghost of Christmas future, or spirit of Christmas future. I was like, god damn it. So, we were talking a little bit about this also before we were recording, where the story of A Christmas Carol is mm. known in I want to say in three out of the four of these movies, like Divas is the only one that it's not really. It's not explicit. It's not really mentioned by like name or it's only. There's no reference like, oh, this looks familiar or something like that. Right. It's only um, in Nashville. There's a few lines here and there that kind of make it seem like it's a known story, especially. Right. When the went with our quibble with it, where she's like, "Is that we're about my future?" Barbie's obviously telling the story to Kelly. Right. Hate that I know this movie now. Uh, (laughs) I love that we both know this movie now. (laughs) And then in Scrooged, they're doing a TV a lot. They, you know what? They may have given recent um, uh, networks the idea to do the lives again. Well, they did lives in the 60s. I, that's why I said again. But I they did. didn't do lives. There wasn't like this. It's okay. <laughs> there's, like, there's like a 40, a 50 year gap between the lives. Yeah, that's what I'm not going to say that it's Scrooge that gave them the idea. Damn it. It's, it's streaming services that gave them the idea because that's something streaming services have yet to figure out how to properly do. Bazinga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I have? The similarities. The Ebenezer character throws a party at the end, which is usually what happens usually in the adaptations. There's some sort of feast or getting ready yeah, he, for the yeah, feast. Yeah, he, he brings he brings a large tur- the largest turkey he can find in all of London to the Cratchit home. And usually because it makes for a more cinematic or theatrical ending, we bring the entire ensemble with us instead of just the Cratchits. And that only really happens in two of the movies. Because, like, although he, although in Scrooged, Frank is, like, giving this heartwarming speech, which is also very cringeworthy. Um, oh, my God. I, could, I couldn't watch it. I, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, I can't. Like, uh, 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 cut, cut, 
cut the camera. Stop it. Stop it. It's, it's not too late to just throw on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is no actual party that happens or feast yeah. or whatever. It's only- yeah, it, well, those people were already there. Yeah. Except for like Claire and his brother. It's really only in Divas and Barbie that that happens. Yeah. Fuck you, Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because again, in Nashville, there are, there's a song and dance at the end, but it's so- something that was already going to be happening. Yeah, there was the, 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 the tele- rock and Christmas. The Nashville. televised event that they're doing. In case you can tell, this is a country music movie more than uh, it is a Christmas Carol movie. And I'm living for every second of it. But speaking of Nashville, it and Scrooge are the only ones that take place over the course of a few days. Mm-hmm. Which, that's why I'm pulling the pin out from the IMDb thing that I read earlier. Because mm. um, it okay. says on Christmas Eve, but it's clearly a couple of days. Yeah. Which, again, is truer to the source material. It's not a single night in the original story. Time. That's why they do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like, even in Nashville, Winona Judd, um, in her boring way, says, in the course <laughs> of the next five days, we're going to yeah. see my, you're going to see my friends. That's the best part. She, like, appears in, like, this... It's supposed to be the prop room, but it transformed into this bar. Nashville and she's bar, like, yeah. yeah, and she's pouring herself some eggnog. And I'm like, oh, she's really drinking spiked eggnog <laughs> on set. She's like, I'm here for the paycheck. And so you could put my name in the commercial and I'm just going to get drunk now. Hi, I'm uh, Winona Jed. It was fantastic. I lived for it. Uh, do you really have any specific similarities between? These- between three of them but it excludes one um which is that in three of them they go off the source material a bit where in the original story the ghost of christmas past or the spirit of christmas past is typically depicted as a child or a childlike being and in three of these movies it is clearly an adult character um and in barbie it's like a she's sort of like a child (laughs) but in yeah (laughs) Yeah, you've got. I saw the dolls that they're selling for the spirits. By the way, they Uh all look like babies. They all look like what? Babies. (laughs) They do. Yes, but they're but only the one in the movie actually is. Yes. Oh my god, that's. But I feel like in the movie she's more of like a young teen, almost. Yeah, she she's modeled after. Like, I figured they were doing it where they were trying to sell. They have certain doll molds. So they just, like, do these movies where they're like, we're just going to turn this character into this character so we can sell that doll. And I think they were doing, like, one of Barbie's younger sisters who's older than Kelly. So, like, probably Skipper or something. I assumed they were using her mold. No. So they made her. Okay. Well, that's really, really weird. Um but then in the other movies, you have David Johansson in Scrooge as the Ghost of Christmas Past. You have G- Kathy Griffin in I A Deepest Christmas I love her. Yeah. She's actually the, the funniest spirit in that one. Um, even though I, I still think we were supposed to think Ghost of Christmas Present is funnier. And then Kix Brooks in uh, Nashville Christmas Carol, who's probably the oldest cast member, plays just... the Ghost of Christmas Past. 
let's talk about Nashville Christmas Carol for a second. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to unload. I mean, I'll, I'll describe it thusly. It actually relies very little on the Christmas Carol elements. And it's basically a straight up Hallmark movie. But every now and then a ghost appears. Like that's Bear. the only thing that sets it apart. From, like it is the typical because it's just about how she re- needs to reconnect with her childhood friend who's also the love of her life. She's still not that mean. She's just like, ah, frustrated because she actually accidentally touched a freshly painted prop. Right. Or it's not like she then throws the prop at somebody. (laughs) Or like, why are you using real food? Like we're, we're, we're filming a TV special here and we need this prop to last a couple of days. Yeah. Food doesn't do that. (laughs) Also food means more cleanup. But like calling her (laughs) the Scrooge like character is even not right. No, it's not. She's just the person who is having things happen to her that Scrooge also had happen to him, but for not at all the same reason. Right. Even the the whole write your own future message about it. I'm just like, that's it. Yeah. This is the nicest story. And we watched a Barbie movie. I know. It's, (laughs) I... I, I, I will take full ex- responsibility for saying that we should include a Nashville Christmas Carol. No, before... I'm happy we did because okay, good. But I was going to say conversation out of it. Yeah, but if we, if I had already seen it before we started discussing doing this episode, I would have not even considered putting it in because I would be like, no, it's not even a Christmas Carol. <laughs> it just has a Christmas Carol in the title. Um, but I mean, there is still. You've got, like, this sad childhood for all these characters. And I will say, like, Vivian's childhood still is pretty sad. So normally in A Christmas Carol, you show this, like, bright-eyed, innocent, Scrooge-like character as a child so that you could see how he's, like, been corrupted through the years. And she just hasn't been corrupted. That's just who she is the whole time. Like, even Aunt Marie fucking died in Barbie. (laughs) They talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, they talk about, like, Aunt Marie, like, no, she is, she was a bad person, and she taught Eden bad lessons, and, like, Marilyn's not a bad person in A National Christmas Carol. She was just focused on work. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about these four movies before we get to special features? Oh, man, this is just, like, a complete metatextual thing, but, like, the energy of all four of these movies is completely manic and off the wall, and it's it's not surprising for TV movies. It's not surprising for a straight-to-DVD children's movie, but it's very surprising for a big-budget movie that got, like, a major release in 1988. Carol Kane. That's all I gotta say. Right, but... Okay, so full disclosure, I have fond memories of this movie that I didn't realize I had never actually watched the whole thing since I was a kid until watching it for this. And I just really remembered the Carol Kane and the future because the future stuff stuck with me because it's kind it's like genuinely pretty unsettling in like a mm-hmm. really cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Carol Kane stuff is it's Carol Kane. She's amazing. But like, I forgot that the whole movie was like that. Like, I forgot that Bobcat Goldthwait was in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, would you call him the Cratchit? No. No. No, he is... He's his kind own of, He's kind of... He kind of starts off as, like, the guys who are going around trying to collect money for the poor. Um, but then he goes completely unhinged and murderous. <laughs> Which those guys don't. <laughs> and, and holds the 
producers hostage. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Okay, one more that I'm going to add real quick. Uh-huh. Two of these movies, uh, I alluded to this a little bit with A Nashville Christmas Carol, but also in Scrooge, there is a higher up that the Scrooge character has to answer to. Um, a instead of producer or director yeah the yeah. the owner of the of the network i guess um and then the producer for the national show that they're putting on wait i just realized <laughs> i know we mentioned it but like we never really talked more about it scrooge is the only one to have a male ebenezer character yeah oh my god that's such an obvious one why didn't we say that i don't know <laughs> Well, yeah, no, but three of these gender swap the Scrooge character. Go team. Go team. They made them all, like, evil in their own ways, kind of. Yeah, which, I mean, greed and selfishness is something that women can be selfish or, or can be guilty of just as much as men. Oh, so yeah. So why not? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So <laughs> um, I feel like it doesn't really change that much to the core of the story, and maybe that's why we didn't mention it sooner. Or no, think to mention it, it sooner um because it's not really a gendered story no not really the only thing it it would be interesting though if the ebenezer was gay that would be something interesting to see that would be interesting hallmark call us we got this jonathan bennett could do it i'm just putting it out there is Um, that his name yes okay aaron samuels from mean girls yeah yeah i wanted to say aaron samuels from mean girls and then i was like is it kind of rude if i just refer to him as that but that's what everyone knows him as is there anything else you want to talk about these movies before we get in no i think we covered like the really big stuff okay we did so it. clearly we found something to talk about with these four movies let's get to <laughs> special features special features all right each week we festively take a movie to do further research down Candy Cane Lane in the hopes of surprising each other with, uh, you know, new fun facts and trivia. Um, I'm not going to lie. This was difficult this week for me at least, because I had Diva's Christmas Carol and Barbie in a Christmas Carol, but I hope to at least wow you a little bit with some fun facts. I hope you do. That would be fun. Um, I know I went down a Barbie K-hole during <laughs> my Barbie research, but, Good. uh, Shady had Scrooged, um, and I had the two in the middle, and then Shady had Nashville, so it's a Shady, it's a, it's a yeah. sandwich, we made a sandwich. Um, yeah, we did it, you're did the it. meat, I'm yeah. the white bread. <laughs> so, hopefully I surprise you, if not, I hope that we surprise you, dear listener, so she, yep. why don't you go first with Scrooged? All right. So there's a lot about Scrooged, um, which is good because there's not a lot about a Nashville Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing I wanted to mention first, because I think you'll be really excited to hear it, but all of that like physical abuse that the Ghost of Christmas Present puts uh, Frank Cross through, that was all real. That was actually, Carol Kane did not stage slap Bill Murray or stage grab his lip or his ear or whatever. She actually was physically abusing him the whole time. As far as I could tell, the one that they didn't actually let her do was when she hits him in the face with With the toaster. toaster. That they had to fake. 
but she did it so hard and so close to his face that like she almost actually hit him on most of the takes. This I pull, I'm just going to read word for word off of IMDb. When Carol Kane grabbed Bill Murray's lip, she tore it so badly that filming was halted for several days. Wow. Like she was not gentle with him. And as far as I can tell, he consented to all of that because, you know, for the sake of make it look real, make it look funnier. I will also say this, Bill Murray did not have great things to say about Richard Donner slash his experience working on this movie. I'm just, I don't want to misrepresent it. I'm going to read it straight off of what this says on IMDb. Bill Murray and director Richard Donner reportedly did not enjoy working together, creating a lot of tension on set. When asked by film critic Roger Ebert if he had any disagreements with Donner, Murray replied, only a few, every single minute of the day. That could have been a really, really great movie. The script was so good. There's maybe one take in the final cut movie that is mine. We made it so fast, it was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. And then uh, what's the other quote I have? I have another quote from him. Here we go. He said that he described making the movie because so much of it, Richard Donner wanted it improvised, but he also wanted it done very quickly. Bill Murray described it. It's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are out and you're the traffic cop. Oh, no. So I think that goes to explain a lot of what is going on with the energy in this movie. So a lot of it was improvised? Yep. But also like, like apparently a lot of the cuts that they used in the movie were not like Bill Murray's favorite take. That's like there's You can't tell that it was improvised. You can't, but you can also tell that there, there are times where it does feel like a lot of actors are stepping over each other. Ah, especially the more comedic actors and it's not even it doesn't even necessarily feel like it's improvised but just like it wasn't really strictly directed Mm, yes and Roger uh, that's not that's not something that I'm saying against Richard Donner as a director in general necessarily because he's made a lot of movies I really like um I just think that he had a very different vision for what this movie was going to be than he could clearly communicate to his cast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sad truth of some films. Yeah, it really is. Mm. Um, But I did want to list off, because I'm sure with some of the other movies, we're going to talk about stunt casting and cameos and things of that nature. (laughs) Um, But... We have the cameos in this movie include Lee Majors, John Houseman, Robert Goulet, Buddy Hackett, Mary Lou Retton, which is my favorite joke in the movie, uh, Jamie Farr, Miles Davis, Paul Schaefer. If you want to count them as cameos, you've also got Bobcat Goldthwaite, David Johansson, and Carol Kane, but they play slightly larger characters, so I don't know how much anybody wants to call it that. But they really pulled out a lot of favors from people yeah. that they just know <laughs> my, fa- uh, my favorite is the mary lou retton yeah oh it's as the funniest tiny joke. tim <laughs> and mary lou retton as tiny tim jesus christ <laughs> it's so funny and it, that is something that like a soulless tv executive would like do <laughs> in a christmas ah. carol it's true it's <laughs> very very true mm-hmm So the Ghost of Christmas Past was originally supposed to be played by comedian Sam Kinison, 
but the role went to David Johansson instead because he was good friends with Bill Murray and Bill Murray really pulled for him. I think it's also important to note that this movie was made like at the height of Bill Murray as a movie star uh, because it's just fresh off of Ghostbusters, which really sort of for a few years made him a star and not sort of like the guy who was really funny and is in a lot of indie movies that he is now. Related to that, that this was made so quickly after Ghostbusters, if you pay attention to like the tagline on the posters um, and some, if you watch like a lot of the promotional materials for this movie, they really capitalize on this being a movie starring Bill Murray and featuring ghosts. The tagline for the movie is Bill Murray is back among the ghosts, only this time it's three against one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) So there's a lot of that involved. This is one of those movies. There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to try to keep it short because we have three other movies to get through. But I thought this was fun that in the past sequence, when we see Frank Cross as a child and his father, you know, denying him uh, Christmas gifts in lieu of veal. The voice of his father is actually provided by Brian Doyle Murray, who is Bill Murray's real life brother. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have a sexy segue for that. Oh, good. So I'm going to start with Diva's Christmas Carol first because it came out before Barbie. Um, (laughs) So you were just saying that Bill Murray's brother provided the voice. Mm -hmm. Vanessa Williams's daughter played olivia's daughter at the end of the movie oh the baby the baby yeah oh my god that's so cute um which you know this is the only one that has a coda compared to the other three movies yeah like a year later coda so yeah which is which is good because i was getting worried about i I don't know if tiny tim is actually gonna make it in this one if he's flying on a plane (laughs) there's not really a lot that i found about this i was trying to find who wrote um heartquake and all that who couldn't find anything we did not mention though how much screen time is devoted to that song in this movie i don't care i love it and it's going to be played probably three times this episode you can't be serious must be some mistake am i delirious do i feel a heartquake no it's it's i really like it it's a very fun song but also filler (laughs) yes i mean bh1 (laughs) come on But what I did find is that this is this was the first role for both actresses who played the younger versions of Ebony. Oh. Helena Alexis Seymour, who played Teen Ebony, she has gone on to have bit parts over the past 20 years and starred in uh, Chronicles of Jessica Wu. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I have never heard of it, but... No. it's her only like big role that she's had like multiple episodes of uh, uh, as a character as like a title character okay um, but young ebony is played by vanessa morgan who went on to play riverdale's resident fly girl tony topaz oh my god stop John, oh my god, stop. <laughs> I'm so happy you didn't know that one. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
I'm so I love this movie so much more now. Yeah. It has yeah, so, Tony Topaz in it. it has Tony to- so young Tony Topaz played oh my God. Baby Ebony. Ebony. <laughs> oh, poor abused Ebony. <laughs> and really, that's all I could find on this movie. Yeah. There's, oh. it, it's tough with TV movies, especially if they're not like Disney Channel movies. Now, speaking of tough, Barbie and a Christmas Carol. There's a few things that I found. So let's get started with that. <laughs> um, this is the apparently one of the few Barbie movies where Barbie doesn't play the major character. I, yeah, I will say this. I've seen some of the other Barbie movies and the main character is almost never named Barbie, but yes. that's because Barbie is quote unquote the actor playing the character. Well, speaking of Barbie and actor, Ke- Kelly Sheridan is the voice of Barbie in this movie. And okay. she's like the voice of Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> she's the original <laughs> voice of Barbie. Uh, Honestly, she... they turn out so many of these movies. That's probably a really great gig. You ready for this? Out yeah. of the 36 Barbie movies that have happened in the past like 12 years or something like that, she's played Barbie 27 times or voiced oh the ca- whatever character Barbie's playing 27 times. Oh, that's uh, incredible. Uh, Kelly Sheridan, Good for had, her. according to her, her IMDb, she has 163 credits to her name. Wow. I mean, voice actors get a lot of work. Yeah, um, yeah, no, you can really rack them up. And she's best known to play Nikki in the American version of Card Captors, uh, Sango in Inuasha. I think I'm saying that name right. And I've, then, I've never seen it. I've seen Card Captors, though. And then she. And then she also voiced Starlight Glimmer in My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. <gasps> That's one for all the bronies out there. Yep. Mor- Mor- Morwenna Banks? Morwenna Banks? I think it's Morwenna. Morwenna it's Banks. Is M-O-R-W-E-N-N-A. The yeah. Yeah, Morwenna. Morwenna Banks is the voice of Eden, the, the Ebenezer character. And according to her IMDb, she has a mix of... Uh, voice acting and live action stuff so you get to Mm. actually see her face but she is uh most known for voicing mummy pig in peppa pig oh my god (laughs) she's she is british truly british (laughs) right oh no there is nothing more british than peppa pig so like looking at her credits it's all like british television Mm. Um, literally just before doing this, I found out that Chuzzlewit is a reference to another, uh, Dickens book, story, story, book, whatever, uh, it called. It's tough oh, with Dickens because they were never published as books. They were published as serials. Another Dickens serial then, uh, <laughs> uh, called The Life and Adventures of Martin Chuzzlewit. Don't know what it's really about. I just saw it up. You, you all can Google that it. Amazing Dickens name. And then on a personal note, I actually know somebody who was one of the singing voice actors in this movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, I tried to get to see if he could uh, do an interview. Unfortunately, he cannot. Um, mm. But it was, it was just so funny because I watched this on Prime. You know, on Prime, you could do the x-ray thing. And I just see yeah. his name and I'm like, no. 
That's incredible. No. So I texted him and he was like, yeah, I did that like 12, 12 14 years ago, whatever. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's terrifying, but paycheck. And really, that's all I have for Barbie. JD, what do you have for Nashville? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a whole lot because it just came out. <laughs> it just came out. All of the IMDb trivia is like, Kimberly Williams Paisley paid, played the ghost of Christmas present. Oh my I'm like, God. that's not well, trivia. That's literally the cast. Um, so clearly a lot of the casting for this movie is a uh, stunt casting for the country music crowd. I don't know your relationship with country music, John. Non-existent. I, yeah. I'm from the Northeast. We don't really have that. People listen to country here. I don't. And I don't know, like, it's not enough, not a strong enough uh, presence around me that I really knew a lot about the people in this movie. So that's what most of my trivia is about. The one person I knew was Winona Judd, because she's great and I do listen to her. And I actually was working at a store one time when she came in to do signings and she was very, very nice. I did not get to, like, go too close to her. I didn't interact with her at all, but all my coworkers were like, oh my God, she was amazing. She's like, it was great. <laughs> Jealous. Um, but then as the singer that the Gavin character, the Bell character represents, Belinda is played by Sarah Evans, who is a big country star that I have heard of her before. I can't say I really know her music before. I listened to some of it before this episode. It's good. But sure. she's somebody I've actually heard of. So I assume she's a big deal. <laughs> and then... The character, the up-and-coming country star who she ends up singing a duet with at the end of the movie Alexis. is Alexis. She's played by Ray Lynn, who is 26 years old. She seems to also really be like an up-and-comer in the country music scene. She's got a great voice. Um, I've enjoyed listening to her music as well. The one that I probably should be ashamed of because it seems like he's a really big deal is Kix Brooks. I'm I'm kicking myself for not knowing him either. Once I read that he was the Brooks of Brooks and Dunn, I was like, okay, I've heard of Brooks and Dunn before. I don't really know their music, but I've at least... not. Yeah. I've at least heard that name before, but I never heard the name Kix Brooks before. And it seems like he's a really big deal. Um, He is inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. But here's a fun story that I learned off of Twitter because Jesse Schramm, who plays Vivian in this movie, she live tweets her lifetime or her Hallmark movies as they air. That's awesome. Yeah, she she seems really, really sweet and she interacts with people and stuff. And she seems like she really enjoys doing what she does. Um, so good for her. But that was like that my big lifeline for this because I got a really good behind the scenes story out of it. So that shirt he wears, which, by the way, I'm obsessed with, the black with the red, um, I don't even know what you call that kind of design, but it's kind of like filigree, but it's not really, it's not filigree, right? I wasn't really right? paying attention to it. Oh, okay. I loved it. Um, apparently, no, not apparently, I looked it up, it's true. That shirt he wore at a performance um, as the Brooks half of Brooks and Dunn in 2002, for a televised special, a televised Chris, country cr- Christmas special um, in Washington, D.C. And 
that shirt is in the Country Music Hall of Fame as one of his iconic outfits. And he actually had them take it out of the Hall of Fame so he could wear it in this movie. Shut up. So they didn't reproduce the shirt. They literally, I, I like to imagine that like he just like straight up broke into the Hall of Fame and stole it out of its case. But he probably was just like, hi, I'm Kix Brooks. Can you give me my shirt for a little while? And then obviously the other person I knew in this movie is Kimberly Williams Paisley, who is not a country singer. She is married to country singer Brad Paisley, who's, he's, of all the people in this movie, country music people in this movie, besides Winona Judd, he's the one I'm most familiar with because my sister is a big Brad Paisley fan. Um, but yeah, I know. I to know by name. Yeah. He's got like, he's got a lot of crossover into like the pop charts. So yes, yes. So he's one that we would know. Um, but I wanted to mention Kimberly Williams, who herself is not a country singer. She is an actress and she's in now it's technically a trilogy, but used to just be two movies that I loved like my entire life, which is the Father of the Bride series. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Yeah, she is the bride slash new young mother in the second one and they just recently did most of the original cast and uh nancy myers got together and did a covid special on youtube oh um, yeah so there is uh it's pretty short it's only about a half hour long i believe but father of the bride part three um so i get excited when i see her and stuff because i love her and i wanted to be her so bad when i was little <laughs> speaking of covid you can tell when this movie was produced because if you look carefully at one of the cab drivers in one of the scenes, and I thought I saw it, and then I checked IMDb and it confirmed it, there is a cab driver in this movie wearing a blue face mask. So it was filmed this year. So it was filmed this year. It was filmed uh, during the pandemic. But, but like knowing that fact made me like question if this movie was supposed to be, you know, at least a few scenes quite different than what it is now. And then they just rearranged certain characters or like completely cut characters because they just wanted as few people as possible involved. Oh, probably. Like, I wonder if there was supposed to be more of a Tiny Tim type of character and they decided we don't even want to like worry about having a child show up for more than one day. Or if there was supposed to be a future. Right, exactly. So I wonder like how much of it was written around the pandemic and around having to have as few cast members as possible. Well, it takes three hours to write a Hallmark movie script. So, and that's I mean, generous. that's if you're, that is if you are putting work into it. <laughs> <laughs> so we could probably rewrite one and do it better. Um, <laughs> let's get into some final thoughts, if you will. Let's do it. So to wrap up the episode, um, this week we're going to ask, I think we're going to ask four questions. And by I think, I mean, we are going to ask four questions. Obviously, we're going to not ask the, are they the same question? Because, hello, they are the same. They all have either a Christmas carol or the main character of a Christmas carol in their title. Did we like these movies? I didn't hate them. Okay. I, 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 I will say I really liked a Divas Christmas Carol, considering it was like a TV movie made in 2000, I actually thought it was really decently good. I'm going to agree with you. I also really liked Scrooge, which brings me to my next question. What's your ranking order for them? (laughs) 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, Obviously, Diva, you know what? I think both of us are the same. We're going to have Diva's Christmas Carol as one, Scrooge as two, and then three and four is probably where we're going to differ. Okay. Because I think I'm going to put Barbie above. Oh, no, I am too. Okay, great. We're going to have the same voter. (laughs) Yeah, no, and a lot of it too is like, well, Barbie, a lot of what I don't like about it is because I am not a five-year-old who right. plays with Barbies. Um, um, it's clearly meant for a different audience than us. I will say, I think if I could extract my favorite parts out of Scrooge, I, I like it the best. I really, my favorite parts of Scrooge, I really think mm. are great and work so well. And I love that movie, but the whole thing, watching the whole thing, I was like, oh God, I forgot how exhausting this is. <laughs> Would we recommend them? I'd recommend all but the Nashville one. Like to the right audience. Yeah, no, even the Nashville one I would, like, recommend to people who watch Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark movies and like I, them, but they would probably have already seen it. Is the I thing. would recommend the Nashville one with the caveat of saying it's not a Christmas carol. Do not yeah. expect it. Yeah. Obviously, like, in this, in the terms of this episode that we're doing, it's Christmas carol-y. Like, that's it, the idea that it we're pulls, It pulls enough out of a Christmas carol. Right. Um, but it does change the main character so drastically that the point of the story is totally different. And then would we watch them again? I think I'd watch I mean, Divas again. I'd watch Divas again. again. And I would I would watch Scrooged again. I would watch Scrooged again. Yeah. Can't say, Can't say the same volu- about the other two. <laughs> I wouldn't volunteer to watch them. <laughs> if, if, if I was like with my aunt and she really wanted to watch a Hallmark movie or if I was babysitting and the kids wanted to watch a Barbie movie, sure. Well, if you want to plead your case to force us to watch these movies, <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter at Movies John and that's John with no H. You can reach me at Cookie O'Shady, spelled how it sounds. Shady? Yeah. What kind of Christmas cookie are you today? I mean, I gotta be a gingerbread cookie. Good. Good choice. Ding dong. <laughs> um, you could reach us, the podcast, uh, via email at movie deja vu pod at gmail.com. That is M O V I E D E J A V U P O D at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Insta at, at movie deja vu pod, same spelling. And mm-hmm. then we're on Twitter at movie deja vu no pod why is that shady (laughs) because it was produced by the hallmark channel and they didn't want to include the pod segment (laughs) we didn't we didn't need to learn how to be good people we needed to learn that we're already good people (laughs) Uh, what's the goddamn point (laughs) 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 sorry that really i can't even be angry about that plot twist in a Nashville Christmas Carol because it was so fucking weird <laughs> where they straight up tell her oh you're a good person already you just need to see it oh boy um, <laughs> and if you want to reach out to us with suggestions we we're ending the year mm-hmm. with uh, one more episode from us but next year it seems like we have a healthy amount of suggestions coming in yeah um and for next week the last episode of 2020 <gasps> we're gonna be 
watching Bring It On versus ABCD2. And we're bringing some <laughs> friends on the show. Yeah. But you're going to have to wait and see who they are. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time for us. And I hope it's a fun time for you. Oh. Uh, dear listener. But just to give you a heads up, ABCD2 is a Bollywood movie. Mm-hmm. With that said, um, Shady, how did you want to sign off on this episode? God bless us, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>